All right. It's 1140. If you know me at all, then you know you're probably not leaving here until about 1230. And then you can stay for lunch afterwards. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to do my dead level best to try to convey what God has as quickly as I possibly can. How's that? I got some people shaking their heads like that. Whoa. Have you ever tried to wear somebody else's glasses? Like if, like I just got, man, I just got glasses a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe two months ago. And my, I thought the world was coming to an end because I had to go get glasses, right? Some of you kind people wanted to remind me that it was because of age, right, Joe? So, uh, but, so I had to get glasses, but it's interesting when you, you have your own glasses, right? And then you begin to put on other people's glasses. Like this pair is Alex's. And let me just tell you, he is legally blind. I mean, my goodness, these are like Coke bottles. I know you do. I can't put Brenda's on. My head's too big, but hers look almost as bad. These fit, right? Some of you are thinking, no, they don't. But that's okay. I didn't ask you. Um, They're just sunglasses. It's funny, though, that the way we read Scripture is through somebody else's glasses. He's going to have to read, so he's going to need those back for sure. Um, We read Scripture typically through somebody else's lens. We do life through somebody else's lens until, until someone helps us fix it. A chain is broken. Addiction is broken. You know, I never went through a discipleship program, but many of you guys know that uh, my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a drug addict, alcoholic. Uh, I got uh, into alcohol at about 18 and, and spent a number of number of years in it. Uh, it, it's an addictive thing, yes, but it's a family thing too. It kind of comes down hereditary. And because Cindy knows what I'm talking about, because it's what you see, so you get used to it. It's like you know it might be bad, but it's okay because mom did it, or dad did it, or grandpa did it, or grandma did it. Or, as Joe said, the people we hang around with do it, so we just think it's okay. We just, even if we think it's wrong, it's okay because they're all doing it. Right? And this is what I find, guys, is that. When we're doing life through somebody else's glasses, that typically what happens is we wind up getting off course somehow because it's not the life that was created for us, right? right? I can't be Joe Hamlin, right? Joe wants 10 kids. I had to stop at seven. (laughs) For now. For now. No, it's for none. Uh, But I... I couldn't, and I, I've said this to you guys, I've said it a lot, I couldn't have ever gone through the Loving Hands program. I know me. I think it's fabulous program. Brian would say it's the easiest hard time he's ever done. I think it's a fabulous program. I am so thankful for it, but I know me, right? I know that that wouldn't work for me because that wasn't me. We read scripture the exact same way, though. We believe things in the Bible because somebody else told us to believe it that way. It's not that we've ever investigated it ourselves, right? It's not that we did our own research. It's not that we've done any of this on our own. 
We believe it because somebody else said it. Oftentimes we say, well, I believe in this because when I was growing up, the preacher believed in this. Or I believe in this because my parents believed in this. I believe in this because... And it's never necessarily because Jesus said it. It's always because somebody else believed it first. And I'm not saying that's inherently wrong to begin to, to, begin to walk. I think that's okay. But at some point, you have to take everybody else's glasses off and put the glasses of Jesus on. And you have to read the Bible for what the Bible says. Whether you like it or not, you just take it for what it is, right? Right. I mean, there's lots of stuff, guys, that I don't like, like the whole love your enemies. Let's be honest. I don't care for that one, but I do like the one where it says pray for them. It's like heaping hot coals of fire upon their head. I like that one. (laughs) But let's be honest. We pick and choose, don't we? And the way we interpret Scripture typically is through somebody else's lens, through somebody else's glasses. So we look at that. So yesterday was Armed Forces Day. I've got lots of preacher friends, and lots of them today are honoring veterans. They're they're honoring those who are serving currently, and I I think that's great. I have no problem with honoring those people who served our country and defended the liberty and freedom that I have today. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with, though, is when we seem to honor and serve and lift America way up here, and on that particular Sunday, we tend to put Jesus way down here. I struggle with that. Matter of fact, I could probably, you could probably go and pick a hundred pulpits today across America, and this verse, the main verse in the, the group of Scripture, the main verse will be the highlighted verse. Second Chronicles chapter 7, I just want to read verses 12 through 16. The Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I shut the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. My eyes will now be open and my ears attentive to prayer from this place, And I have now chosen the consecrated and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there at all times. Father God, we thank you for this day. God, I pray right now, Father, in the short time that we have, God, I pray that you would form the words. God, that they will find landing spots because we understand your word tells us nothing returns void. Father, your word accomplishes what you send it forth to do. So God, we pray that today... If there's one in here who's lost and undone, one who doesn't know Jesus Christ, one who doesn't have a relationship, I'm not talking about knowing him, but God, I want him to know him. God, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. Again, Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Back up to verse 14, Ronnie. Nope, that's 12. That's 13. You're close. There you go. Just leave it right there for a minute. And my people who bear my name humble humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. I've done it. I think a lot of well-meaning preachers have done it and will do it today. 
they will read this verse and say, what America needs, similar to that probably, right? What America needs is, a, right? We need a great revival. And the only way we're going to get a revival is God's people turn, humble themselves, seek His face, turn from the evil that they're in, then God will heal our land. There's a problem with that. It's not what the verse means. Did you know, I'm not a great historian, but did you know that when this verse was penned, America was not even a thought? It's funny how that works. But we, we superimpose a verse onto us, and that's not what it's intended for. I read a story about a Muslim man who went to, went to service. He was, uh, came to America to go to college, and he befriended a Christian young man, and they'd become friends, and the, the young man talked to him about Jesus, and Jesus, 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 and he said, hey, I'd like to go to church with you so I can hear more about this Jesus. I'm curious. And how many would you would say that that's what we want? We want them to come, right? We just want people to come along. Eventually, if you come along long enough, you're going to believe. Jesus is going to get you. I mean, he's going to get you. Just come hang out. So the Muslim young man went, and it happened to be on a patriotic Sunday. So they sang songs about America, and they, they preached a revival message about America, and how America is lost and undone, and we've turned from God, and we have generations that know not the Lord, and I mean, we have same-sex marriage, we have people shacked up, we, we do alternative lifestyles now, we just don't call it what it is. The Muslim man sat there the whole time, the service ended, and they were walking out, the young man looked at his friend, he said, hey, what did you think about our service? He kind of looked and he said, well, I'm kind of confused. I thought I was going to hear about Jesus, but all I did was hear about America. See, that's what happens when we superimpose a verse that isn't ours. Now, are there some, are there some things there that we could apply to our life that are good for us to do? Yes. But they're not us to own. The context of the verse is they had just finished the temple, right? And they were consecrating the temple to God. And Solomon had done all that. They had offered all these offerings and he was praying. The Lord spoke to him and he responded this way. That, hey, if my people, the covenant that he made with the Israelites through Abraham, those were his people. They were considered a people group, not just a nation. Like the United States would be a nation. Right? We're not people groups. Look around. We're not a people group. We are a nation. Israel was considered a people group, a great nation, but a people group. God chose them and told them in the book of Genesis that I will be your God and you will be my people. So he lays this promise out to them. And if they do the right thing, hey, he's going to bless them. But if they don't do the right thing, he's going to whip their butt. I mean, he's going to wear them out. And he did. Go through and read the book of Judges. You'll find they're doing good one time, and next time they're screwing up. So God sends them off. Hey, they're doing good again. Nope, now they're jacking it up again, and God whips them again. Because those are his people. Let me tell you right now, if you're God's people, God will whip you, but he won't whip the devil's children. If you're out running and gunning and doing all kinds of crap, and God ain't stopping you, it's because you're the devil's child. 
Now, I'm just telling you that the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. Right? There's got to be some fruit. If there ain't no fruit, well, because they're hooked up to the wrong tree. The living water's not flowing through. It's all dead. Guys, we, we have to stop applying a verse of Scripture to something that it's not. There's some good promises here. Let me help you. For instance, is there, are we God's people? Yes. In Acts 11 and verse 26, there were first called Christians. Little Christ, we are His people. Jesus died for us, but it's not the same covenant. We have a different agreement now. God said, hey, you guys can't make it. So I'm going to send my boy Jesus down. He's going to die on the cross of Calvary for you. And then, hey, I'm going to graft you in as my people. But there's no replacement theology. Joe, I didn't know that until you shared today, I didn't even know that you'd ever been through the program. I had no clue. Uh, I'm interested, though, to hear more of your story. But didn't know you'd been through the program much less that Pastor Wendell and Miss Nancy took you in as family. But even when you were, let's say, adopted in his family, you didn't replace any of their children, did you? You came alongside of their children. See, we don't get to replace Israel. We just get to come alongside of Israel. We get to enjoy some blessings that they get too. But, hey, we're coming in under a new covenant, under a new adoption. Why in the world would we want to keep something else? Do we need to humble ourselves? Yes, 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Yes, should we seek God's face, you better believe it. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray constantly. Just don't pray while you're driving with your eyes closed. Okay? I think most of those people have gone home. So... Should we turn from our wicked ways? Yes. Acts 3 and verse 19. Therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped away. Will you get to hear from God? Hopefully. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we... Have what we've asked him. Do we get to enjoy some things because of Israel? Yes, but we don't get to misquote and misrepresent something that's not ours to quote nor represent. Guys, I'm convicted of the fact that we take people and we bring them in, we offer them salvation, we, we share with them the story of Jesus, but we don't disciple them. We don't teach them that, hey, there's certain parts of Scripture that you can read, and there are, there are certainly applicational points to those parts, but the promises are not yours to bear. On Wednesday night, just in case you didn't know, on Wednesday night we're doing another series very similar to this, what the Bible does not say. So we just talked about the one verse, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, right? We love to quote that verse, especially when we're going to start something brand new, but it's not what he's saying, he didn't say, hey, I'm going to bless what you're going to go do. I'm going to bless what you're going through. Because of me, you can do all things. Because the strength that you have, you can get through when you're rich. You can get through when you're poor. You can get through when you're hungry. You can get through when you're full. You can get through when you're addicted on the streets. Right. 
So you didn't know it, Nicholas, but God, was, God had his hand on you way back when. Let's be honest. Sometimes I think it'd be a whole lot easier, right? It'd be a whole lot easier if God just said, I'm going to hit the fast forward button. I'm not going to make you go through all that garbage, but I'm going to implant in you everything that I need from you because everything you went through is a lesson. It's a tool, right? We've talked about that. We put the tools on our belt and it helps us down the road. But Justin, I'm going to, Im- I'm going to fast forward you so you don't have to go through all that stuff, right? I'm going to give you all the tools you need. But God says, hey, I'm a perfect gentleman. You want to be a knucklehead? I'm going to let you. I'm just going to sit back. Now, I got you. You're going to do what I want you to do eventually. I got you. But I'm going to let you take your time. I'm going to let you figure out how to make that happen. See, God is sovereign. I know we don't like to think that. We, we like to think that, well, God knows everything, but he doesn't make us do anything. He doesn't. But he already knows what you're going to do. Well, how's that not making me do it? I don't know. I'm not God. Ask him. Okay? Don't impose a promise upon your life that will limit it will limit your life you want this promise imposed upon you that's fine but you're limiting what God wants to do for you number one you're not the nation so if you're not the nation how do you get this promise brother Ron go to the next slide after the Bible there there we go what happens when we all scripture this can be applicable to but particularly this when we take second chronicles seven fourteen, and we impose it upon america and we try to make it say something about america if my people because all of a sudden we think every american is christian how many of you would agree that america is far less a christian country than what it used to be i think there's still some of us hiding out i think there's still some of us standing out but the ones hiding out need to stand out with us See, the church needs to get up out of the pews, out of the chairs, and go out and let the world know that we're still here. Jesus is still victorious. He's not given up yet. He still has a plan. But instead, we don't. We want to claim promises that aren't ours. So what happens when you claim this promise that if my people who are called by my name, what confuses people? Like the Muslim young man, he was confused. He thought he was going for Jesus, but it turned out to be all about America. See, you claim this promise, you're trying to input America into this. Well, America is not a Christian nation. We have people who claim to be Christian, right? I went to an event last night with my wife in Orlando. Garth kept the kids and he made it out alive and so did they. We were really more concerned about Garth than the kids, let me tell you. But uh, we went to an event last night over there and we heard some people talking who I'm not one to say you're a Christian or not a Christian. That's between you and God. I can't do that. But I am one to look at your fruit. Jesus says if you claim to be a Christian, you should have fruit. And because of your fruit, I can judge that, right? We just talked about that. I can't condemn you. That's not my job. You'll be condemned on your own. But I can look at your fruit and say, well, wait a minute. So here's something that really gets in my crawl. When a Christian, right, Christian, when a Christian opens their mouth and the only thing that comes out is raw sewage. They say, well, cussing's not wrong. Okay, but I think somewhere in the Bible, I think somewhere in the Bible, now it doesn't say thou shalt not cuss. It doesn't say that. But I think it does say not to let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. I'm just saying, I think that's cussing. Now, I think it could be a whole lot of other stuff too, right? It could be gossip. It could be backbiting. 
But I'm just on cussing right now. So when, when, we, when we take America and we try to say, this is it and we're a Christian nation, but then you show up at events or you see stuff like that. And I'm not saying the guy wasn't saved or, or not. I don't know. He claimed to be. But when every other word out of his mouth was a cuss word, it was enough for me. See, you can cuss if you want. That's fine. But you better not cause anyone to stumble. Just like you can use this scripture, and if you want to apply it to your own life, then do it. If you're saved by the blood of Christ, you can apply that if you want. The, the principles, right? I gave you the verses in the New Testament that apply to that. You can apply it if you'd like. But you better not confuse anybody and make them think that this verse is all about America and not about his people. See, when we take the scripture, especially 2 Chronicles 7.14, and we make it about America, you bring... Here, let me ask this. Do we have anyone in here who was not born in the United States? Okay, anyone else? <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> so, just Alex. Usually we'd have several. But... Say it's Alex, Alex is saved, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I think his wife really did a, a great job trying to raise him. I know she's not done, but she's trying. Uh, Alex is saved, so I have no doubt where Alex is headed. But if Alex, first time in church, came to church and heard someone start to talk about Second Chronicles 7.14, and if my people, and they referenced America as my people, what do you think that does for the other people in other countries? In my mind, it tells me that the other people in other countries, well, they're just out of luck. Because we made something say something it doesn't say. We've confused people. Now we tell everyone that Jesus says it's a whosoever gospel, right? Whosoever means black, red, white, green, yellow, blue, Colombian, American, maybe not Colombian, uh, American, <laughs> German, French, Spanish, Romanian, Russian. Whosoever means all of those people, right? But if you come in and all we're talking about is America this and America that. If America would turn back. If, the, if his people would get on their knees and America would be healed. God didn't promise to heal America. God promised to heal you. He didn't promise to heal America. He promised to heal you. When we take the scripture and we use it as something that it's not, it confuses people. It confuses those people who've come to hear the gospel, not about America. Number two, it buries our mission. I misspelled. It blurred. It, it blurs our mission. It buries our mission. It blurs it. What did what God say? I think Jesus said it, Ryan. I think he said somewhere over in Matthew, I think around about chapter 28, he said, go into only America right? Go into all the world. Go into all the world so the Bible's not just about America. Now, I'm not a great theologian. Maybe America's in there. Maybe they're not. I've seen some birds, but I didn't see America. Maybe we make it to the end. Maybe we don't, but I'm not counting on America getting me to the end. That's right. I'm counting on Jesus getting me to the end. Amen. My mission is not for America. My mission is for Jesus. Am I going to keep the American laws? Yes. As long as they don't contradict the Bible. See, if they pass some of this stuff and they said, well, you can't, 
you can't talk like this, or you can't say this, or you can't call homosexuality a sin. Well then, guys, I'm, you, you come see me. What is it, Tuesdays and Thursdays you get visitation, right? You'll put money on my book, someone else will make me a chocolate cake with a file. Right? <laughs> For my nails. Yes. <laughs> see, it blurs our mission when we make this scripture about America and not about Jesus. Guys, my prayer is that you, you understand what Jesus has done for you. I was talking to Doug yesterday, and I made this statement. I, I, I should have wrote it down, but the Lord just brought it back to my memory. When we gather as the church, it's not a social connection. It's a relational connection. We're gathering with family. How are we family? Because Jesus died on the cross, and... The blood that he covered me in, he covered you in. Amen. He adopted me just like he adopted you. I grew up in foster care and I have, and you've heard me when I reference my parents, I, I'm, I'm really good about saying, or I try, my foster parents. And if I'm not, I, I go back and say, hey, if I say my parents, I mean my foster parents. Or if I just say my mom, that's my biological mom. But... My foster parents never looked at me any different. They never adopted me. You know, they weren't crazy. But I, they're my mom and dad. My seven children are their grandchildren. My mom yells at them the same as she yells at me. My mom raised 350 kids. 350 went through her house and either graduated high school or went home to their, their biological parents. 350 of them. At her 50th wedding anniversary two years ago. There were like 175 of them that came back because that's their parents. For some of us, those are the only parents we have left. See, our mission is to introduce people to the Father through the Son who gave his life for us. Amen. When we take Scripture and try to make it about America and not about Jesus, then we mess it up. My prayer is that we just won't misquote it. Number three. The gospel's missing in that, isn't it? It's completely void in that scripture. It's missing. What do we preach? We preach the gospel. Period. We don't care about what color your skin is. We don't care about how much money you have in your pocket or you don't have in your pocket. We don't care about, really, we don't care about your political bent. If you're on the wrong side, that's your problem, not mine. We don't care about your nationality. We care about Jesus. Period. We're not, as much as people want to make it in today's society, classified into these categories. Right? Because they have black churches, they have white churches, they have Mexican churches, they have Hispanic churches, they have Korean churches, and they have Chinese churches, and they have... Guys, I just want to be a church. They have a rich church, they have poor churches. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> listen, we have rich churches, we have poor churches. We have churches that got more money than cents. We're just putting it in the bank. We have other churches that are barely getting through every week. 
We have Republican churches. We have Democratic churches. How in the world could someone be a Democrat? How in the world could someone be a Republican? I just want to be a Christian. Right? As you come out with stuff, I, I want to take the Bible and I want to say, does that, now, does that line up with the Word of God? Does abortion line up with the Word of God? Does gay marriage line up with the Word of God? I, I don't care what any of the political guys say. That doesn't matter to me. Or ladies, none of that matters to me. I want to see what God said. Amen. Who quoted John 14, 6? Eric, right? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one, but the, no one comes to the Father but by me. Do you know why Jesus could say that? Because John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It continues on to say that Apart from him, nothing was created, but through him, everything was created. You say, well, okay, where's the authority? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. Well, okay, but that's God. No, you missed it. The word that God speaks is Jesus. Amen. So when Jesus says no one, he has the authority to do that. Matter of fact, the Bible says because he was obedient even unto the death of the cross. Jesus has been elevated. He's been lifted up. Now, this is no modern translation. This is hillology, okay? So you just have to bear with me. But he's been lifted up, and at the very name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord but don't stop there, to the glory of the Father. See, when we play church as an American church, we miss the gospel. I read this next statement, and I'll close with this. I wish I could remember where I read it, but followers of Christ are missionaries living with a green card in the country that God chose. Let that sink in for a second. Followers of Christ, Christians, are living, are, are missionaries, living with a green card. Why do we have a green card? Because green cards have to be renewed, right? They, they're, they're not something that like, hey, you became a citizen. You, you got a green card. You're from somewhere else. But hey, we're going to give you permission to live in our country, so here's this card. You got permission to work. You got permission to go to school. You got because you have this card. You're not a citizen. You don't have the right to vote. But you have the right to do a bunch of other stuff in our country because we're going to give you a green card. You're not permanent. You're not staying forever. But we know you're here and we're okay with it, so here's a green card. Followers of Christ are missionaries. Miss Alice was a missionary for a long time. You want to know about missions? Go to Miss Alice. Living with a green card, not in the country that you chose, but in the country that God chose. Think about it. What would have happened if you'd been born in Africa? Think about it. What would have happened if you'd been born in Brazil? Mexico, Canada, France, Colombia, 
What would have happened? How would your life be different? The fact is you were born right where you're supposed to be. Because God needs you. Guys, my, my challenge to you. As we continue, this thing keeps cutting in. As we continue through this thing is, let's look at Scripture through the eyes of Christ. Making sure that we keep our mission in the forefront. Making sure the gospel doesn't become a social gospel or a country club. Understanding the gospel is for everybody. That's the Christians Jesus died for. Did you know he died for the child predators? He died for the murderers. He died for the Buddhists. He died for the atheists. He's not there. He died for the Muslims. The Buddhists. The Hindus. He died for them. And like Eric said, if they'll trust him, they'll get to come to heaven. But you're not permanent here. We need to quit putting down roots and acting like we're okay. I don't know about you, but Jesus is coming again. I want to be like Paul. I don't know when he's coming. But you know, Paul believed he was coming in his lifetime. It's 2,000 years ago. How much closer do you think it is today? He may come before we get to lunch. Right? I'm I'm going to eat dessert first just in case. Just in case. Listen, in all seriousness, you're a missionary sent by Christ in a different country to share the mission of the gospel. Don't get caught up making a verse say something that it doesn't. Maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, this loving hands thing was pretty cool. And you're thinking, you know, I know someone who needs that. Or if you're honest with yourself, maybe you're like, I need that. Get with them and talk to them. Talk to them. It's not for everybody, is it? Not for everybody. No coffee. That's where I would struggle. No coffee. Get with them. Bobby, will you get a basket and stand right back at the back there? What we're going to do, guys, is we're going to take up a love off. Oh, Larry's got one. Never mind. Um, we're going to take up a love offering for them. They're going to stay and have lunch with us. Um, so if, if it would be okay with you guys, I would like to pray, do the love offering as on your way out. But I would like for loving hands to be able to get over there and get some food. Okay. You can talk to them there. And then there's merchandise here. But go over and eat first. And then if you want a shirt, if you want something else, Get with them, and they, they'd be happy to come back, okay? But let's get them over there to get them some food, too. Let's let them sit down. Try to, try to separate, guys, okay? I know you love each other that much, and you're with each other 24 hours a day, but, JB, you can't sit by Ryan. Hurricane is sitting next to him. <laughs> so uh, let me pray, and we'll, we'll move. Father God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you that your, your Scripture is perfect, God, if we'll read it for what it is, Father, it'll tell us exactly what you wanted it to say. 
God, it's easy to plug other stuff in to where it doesn't necessarily belong. And God, when we do that, we twist it, we misquote it. God, we make people think something that's really not you. So, Father, I pray that we as followers of Christ, Father, we would remember that we have missions. God, we're to be different because we are different. God, we're not to be of this world, but in this world. God, we're to continue to push forward on your mission. God, we're here to glorify Jesus Christ. God, we're here to share a gospel with a lost and dying world. So, Father, I pray that you would help us to do that. God, we pray for the food. Father, we pray that you'll bless it, nourish it to our bodies. God, we pray for the love offering for loving hands. God, I pray that it would be uh, just miraculous. God, that it would be something that we couldn't even ever expect. And God, we pray over loving hands right now. Father, I understand some of the needs they have. God, I pray that you would bless them abundantly. God, I pray that provision would come from areas, Father, they, they wouldn't see coming. God, I pray for Billy and his wife and son, Father, as they're in Miami preparing, uh, getting ready to launch that new campus, Father, full force. God, I pray for Joe V. I pray that you continue to give him wisdom needed, Father, in the areas that you've called him to serve, Father, for Miss Kim, as she carries on the legacy, Father, that her parents have left for her. God, we pray for Joe Hamlin, Father, and his wife Carrie, God, as they are expecting a newborn. God, we pray that you would bless them, give Joe plenty of wisdom as he leads helps lead this ministry, Father, that you brought him through. God, we pray for all the men and all their families. God, that you would continue to break chains in their life, Father, that you would make them a new person. God, that you would establish new family traditions, Father, that because they're here, God, their families will come to know Jesus. Again, Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.